The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network and TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roy Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all of your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I'm Big Joe. Okay, Raphael. All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, and I guess, once again, not too long after record time last week, we had a pretty big thing happen in the world of professional wrestling. In the WWE, um, Mr. Eric Bischoff, <laughs> Done always seems to happen to us we always seem to get these late breaking news articles after we're done recording um yeah coming as a surprise to people outside of the circle Mm -hmm. i guess of the uh management within and the company itself um but from what I'm reading and seeing not that big of a surprise to those inside how so well, it just it was being said and talked about that, you know, originally Fox actually wanted um, Paul Heyman to be over there doing yep. the general manager type of role over there. So already there was bad taste going into this with having Eric Bischoff there. And then just, I guess, from what I'm reading and from what I'm seeing from different sources that um, the numbers just haven't been there. The people haven't been, you know, more involved mm-hmm. as I guess they should be as wrestling fans. Um, just they didn't really see an incline in things happening. So, yeah, they kind of cut ties. And uh, I mean, I guess from what I, I was I was hearing from others as well who had seen different sources um, that Eric Bischoff had, you know, kind of tried to dictate his own hours and saying, nope, I'm unavailable at these times, so we're not going to be doing anything with me at these times and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just because of him trying to dictate his own hours to his workplace, yeah. <laughs> that, that was another little factor. I think of that, you know, just outside of the wrestling bubble, just in general, if you're working for an employer, if you kind of roll that way, um, yeah, you might not do that well. That's right. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people can kind of afford that. Sure. Um, the company that I that I am with, um, I have a little bit of kind of leeway with stuff like that. I mean, if there's something that comes up that I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, I need the day. Yeah. 
and I'm not going to be working. Uh, it, it's it's done. Like they they don't they don't question it. They don't second guess it. Nothing. They just okay. Nope. It's done. Uh, but I mean. I'm also the operations manager with the company, so yeah. I can afford that a little bit, right? For sure. Um, it, it's, you know, he, Eric Bischoff was just hired, and he was put into this role to make things better. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. So I guess, ultimately, in the end, that's what happened, and that's why things went the way that they did. Now, Big Joe, who has replaced Eric Bischoff? Yeah, Bruce Pritchard. That w- that was not shocking, but it's one of those things where okay, so we, we were just basically bringing somebody else in. Is this a cure all, fix all? It, it it's really hard to tell. I mean, there's just there's so many factors going on. The reason why things are a little kind of not that great. I mean, just a change in in that kind of personnel is isn't going to be the cure, but you know. At least now we have somebody out there in there who's looks like they're going to be a little bit more full time and maybe not this attitude of, you know, I'm better than everybody else or, you know, the, the wanting to dictate their own hours, like you were saying. So it seems uh, like they just wanted to change of personnel and a little bit too, you know, I'm, I'm sure there can be some conspiracies, conspiracies and stuff that can be talked about that, you know, somebody had to get thrown under the bus for things not being that great, especially with SmackDown since coming over to Fox, that somebody had to take the fall and Easy E, I guess, maybe was the easy target. Could very well be. What is uh, kind of comical about this as well is that uh, Bruce Prichard was actually supposed to be almost like that right-hand man to Eric Bischoff yeah. and actually helping Eric Bischoff on SmackDown. So I wonder if it maybe came down to, you know, we're we're paying both of these guys to essentially do one job. Do we really need to be able to afford and, and give both these people, you know, an exuberant amount of money when only one person really needs to do it? Yeah, because even Eric coming back into the WWE was, for me, it was a bit of a surprise, if not a little bit shocking, because... He, from what I've been seeing, he wasn't really interested. I mean, he's always been kind of talking about the the business. Well, he does a podcast as well. There's a lot of other ventures kind of going on. I, I was really genuinely surprised when he came back to have an active role in professional wrestling and specifically with WWE. I, I, I didn't uh, really expect that. You know what I think would have made it a lot better is if he had been shown on the programming yeah. You know, SmackDown just moves over to Fox. Well, now introduce who's general managing and who's going to be behind the scenes yeah. and show Eric Bischoff on screen. Right. Then people are going to know and they're going to be like, hey, Eric Bischoff's running the show. Eric Bischoff's calling these shots. Kayfabe calling these shots. Yeah. Wow. This is going to be interesting. Now you got to unfortunately you have a television program. You have to give that visual to people. So that they understand and know who is running the show and what is going on. As opposed to just kind of putting out this quick little news thing about, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it's it's very, very weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's... We'll see going forward if this uh, can help them out at all. But uh, it's, it's definitely a noteworthy name that they have replacing him with, with Beshoff. Like you said, I think if they would have presented him on uh, 
on screen, they could have maybe even hooked in some of the AEW marks, you know, because the, the, this has a whole kind of WCW feel, and they could have capitalized a little bit on that. Who knows? All we can do is speculate, really, at this point when it comes to that. Yeah, definitely. That's about it. So going from that, Carl, to uh, I was really, really surprised when I saw this number regarding this person. So we know that, uh, <laughs> and what we'll be doing this showstopper, uh, this, this will kind of entail our showstopper segment later on in the episode here. When it comes to bringing in the one-off people, you know, especially the the actors and the, the athletes from other sports, we mentioned that at uh, Crown Jewel coming up relatively soon here, that Mr. Bronstrom will be facing Tyson Fury in some type of match, I guess. I don't know if it's going to be a wrestling match or if they're going to try and make it like the, the brawl for all type thing or like a boxing match. Have you seen the number that they're paying this guy to come in to do this, Carl? <clears throat> I have seen this number. <laughs> um, what do you, think? you want to talk about exuberant amount of money yeah. for one person? What the hell? $15 million, dollars, people, for one, for I'm for this whole, I, I'm, I'm assuming that this isn't just encompassing this one match. It's encompassing, you know, his appearance on Raw, you know, anything kind of following it. I th- think we can safely assume where the money's coming from. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We know where the money's coming from. <laughs> A hashtag blood money. Well, I mean, that's. That was a I, I'm not going there. We don't need to be political. <laughs> that's true, but uh, yeah, uh, I was really surprised to see this number because I don't think. Cause, I mean, we we had people in like Mike Tyson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, just to name a couple there, and I don't think that they made anywhere near this much for what they did. Oh no, they never did because they didn't have a Saudi Arabian prince with almost a limitless amount of money at his disposal seemingly doing this right i mean when you had you know those other people that were there like the mike tysons and the arnold schwarzeneggers and the butterbeans and you know all all of these different guys that were in there it's not as though they were doing you know this one-off and it was you know for all this money because the wwe was paying them so they pretty much got a cut of the gate is what it would be so yeah, it's 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 really I don't know. This is this irks me to no end. Yeah. Especially especially because you have so much talent on your roster. People, we just went through the WWE draft that they did where we saw how many people are on that roster between the two three shows we can say now with the NXT being there. Between all of these shows, you have so much talent at your disposal that you need to bring in somebody that is outside of the world and who is is clearly just a fan and who has admitted just a fan of the world of professional wrestling. And now you're going to give them 15 million American dollars (laughs) to go out there and do these uh, in total, in total, let's say, the amount of work that he has done. And I will be... Um, a little outrageous with this number, let's say 36 hours worth of work, mm-hmm. 36 hours worth of work. Yep. This person is done for the WWE and getting $15 million. Now, if, oh man, man, <laughs> if I, if right. I, if I were a part of that company, mm-hmm. I would, I would be looking to get out. 
I would be like, are you serious right now? I, I have to sit at home and not be part of this, you know, broadcast that's going to happen on the WWE Network on Halloween. And I have to sit home while you're paying somebody $15 million who isn't even part of the company, who doesn't have a signed contract with the company, who isn't employed by the company of the WWE, and I have to sit home. Bullcrap. <laughs> I definitely would be asking for my outs. I, it, it, dude, it's hard to disagree with you. I mean, there, there's so many people in, you know, not only the the in ring workers, but the the people that work on the in the ring crew with the with the the production team and whatnot. Uh, these people have got to be thinking, wow, and, and just they. <laughs> This guy isn't even that big of a of a name that I think that could even justify the price. That that's the the mind boggling. Like I mentioned in the last episode, when I first heard about this, I was like, "Who?" You know, I, I'm not exactly keeping Rory up to date on the, on the boxing world, but I mean, there's not really a whole lot out there about it. And I just I genuinely went, "Who is this guy?" And now right. he's getting fifty million dollars for this. Yeah, it's enough, dude. It's enough to make my head explode. Definitely it is. I mean, you just heard mine almost exploded there. I, I was I was on the cusp of, of going full promo and, uh, you know, writing this guy. And I, I wouldn't have cared if there was any cussing and swearing that was going on because that's how angry it makes me to know. Okay, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I'm somebody who has worked in the business. I've been in the ring. I have taken the bumps. I've taken the falls. I've held the championships. I have been that top guy. And then to know that all of these other guys and girls, and I'm not excluding them when I say guys, mm -hmm. I'm saying that all of them encompassing the employees of the WWE are essentially being told, well, you're not good enough to draw anything for the company. So we have to go outside of the company to find something. Really? Yeah. Really? Like, seriously, you don't have enough of draw with uh, with Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> with Bobby Roode, or sorry, Robert Roode. Yeah. Um, uh, Zack Ryder. Dude, Zack Ryder's been delegated down to, like, main event. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, I didn't even know he used to work for the company. That's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he is. I, so I was able them. to catch a little bit of main event, yeah. but he's still working with the company. Yeah, I mean, uh, and even recently, like... even recently with, jeez, um, uh, I almost kind of forget his name, Mercer Perfect's kid there, uh, Hennig, uh, saw him in there. I I figured that he was gone too, the The whole yeah. B team. And, man, it, it's, uh, it's a real head-scratcher. It definitely yeah, is. Really and I mean, I, like I said, you have so, so many available people to have gone in and worked that show mm -hmm. to do something with Braun Strowman. Like the, the, you got, you got a number of different things that could have been done, right? Like yeah. who, who's, who's just making a return right now? Samoa Joe, right? Like how cool would it have been to see Samoa Joe a couple weeks ago or even, as early as the, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, they did. They started doing this thing with Tyson Fury. Why could they not have done this with Samoa Joe, and made Samoa Joe Tyson Fury? Yeah. Right. They, instead, they have. And him, then, yeah, the WWE is getting their money no matter what. Yeah, they're getting their money no matter what. So they could have 
put a little bit more profit back into the company and not have to pay this person 15 million US dollars when they could have paid Samoa Joe a million and give Ron Strowman a million. Yeah. Your thirteen million dollars profit there, people. Come on. And, and and you see Joe on the on these pre-show type things, and you can tell like he's just his. I mean, he, Joe's a good talker; he always has been. But you can tell he's just so out of his element. Like he's just sitting there trying to be the corporate stooge, and he's just like yeah, he's, he's almost got that that vacant kind of look on his face. It's like, dude, he deserves so much more than this. He does, and I mean, <laughs> you know? I've thrown out some names. Tell me on your. And in your mind, how would you have done this so that the WWE didn't have to pay some outsider $15 million? Who would you have put in there instead to allow the company to make some profit and be able to get more talent over? I, I would have done something other with Strowman. Maybe put him some kind of handicap match. Uh, even you could use some of your your twenty four seven guys. Maybe put them all against him. You you could have literally done anything other than this, right? <laughs> yeah, you could have. Right. I mean, I mean, within reason, obviously. Like, I wouldn't throw him in there like in a straight up match with me, like Rey Mysterio or something. You know, that that would be a little on the nutty side, but still, uh, even even that could have possibly been. At least you're not forking over fifty million dollars to a guy who's not even going to be around probably in six months. That's right. I do want to stay a little bit on the crown jewel right now uh, because we're talking about it anyways. Mm. I I do have a good thing from crown jewel, believe it or not. Oh. Believe it or not, something good. You and I have talked before on the podcasts about people having to do double duty. Yeah, and I am happy to say that Seth Rollins now does not have to do double duty at crown jewel. He only has the match with Bray Wyatt going on at Crown Jewel now. He is no longer captain of Team Hogan. Things have been shifted, and that's all changed. So, yeah, that's that. That's for, for me anyways. I'm happy with that. No longer pulling double duty. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. What do you think? Yeah, because I, I think that match with him is is plenty to, to do. And... <sighs> Yeah, I think anything else just would have been stretching them a little too thin. I mean, this program with these two, it's already kind of dodgy as it is, so I think that they need to try and get that back on track and get both guys going down the right path again because we're still recovering, so to speak, from this Hell in the Cell debacle. I mean, that was pretty largely panned by most people as being bad, so they really yeah. need to do something good here. Unfortunately, that's at an event that is very polarizing with a lot of people out there. So I'll be very curious to see, you know, this might be one of the few things I watch from this show to see how it all kind of unfolds and see if they can get back on track because it's, like I said, it's a little dodgy what they're doing now with both of these guys. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I again, I'm just happy that they're not, um, you know, using, especially their universal champion, right? They're using, only in one match and they're not stretching him out. They're not making him work too much. They're not burning him out because that definitely would be something that would burn somebody out. Mm -hmm. You look having to go from the U S over to Saudi Arabia, and then they're going to have all of these different press conferences and photo shoots and, and meet and greets and everything that they're doing. 
And then you have to go and do two matches in the same <laughs> night and then probably like catch four hours sleep before you're heading out and doing something else or going back home. Mm-hmm. Right. You and I have talked about that before. How many, how much that they have like, you know, overused the talent to the point where they're, they're injuring themselves and burning themselves out. So on that note, I'm happy that they are not doing that with Seth Rollins right now. And you're right. They really need to focus on this feud that they're trying to continue on. They need to focus on it get it back on track, as you say, and make it something good. In that same vein, too, now that we have them to compare up against with the AEW, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of that, of, of kind of mixing things up and not always having the same people on television every single week. So they're doing a good job of mixing it up. And they, and they have the benefit, too, is that they're not quite as large scale as WWE. So yes. So that's uh, that works to their favor, too, at least for the time being. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that whole Crown Jewel thing. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious. Uh, I don't know if I'll be watching the whole show, but I'll definitely be checking out uh, that match because I'm curious to see if they can get back on track with that whole deal. Me, too. Now, speaking uh, a little bit more WWE here stuff, Carl, this is something I've been kind of thinking about for a little while, and it's kind of come up again. Now we're seeing more stuff with with Shorty Gable or Shorty G or whatever the hell you want to call him. What happened with him and Jason Jordan? What happened to those two guys? After, after they, in NXT, they were so over with that crowd there. And then they came over to the main roster and it just went, just disappeared. Yeah, I really, I really don't know. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough because I know like back years ago, you know, they, they were, they were together with uh, Kurt Angle, right. And they did that whole thing together. And then, you know, Kurt Angle kind of went on his way and then we, you know, we had these two that were together and then they ran as a tag team for a while. And then, you know, kind of they just split up again from there, whatever. And then they both were gone from the company for a while. And then they both came back as a tag team again. I wonder if it's just a matter of them maybe having differences between the two of them. Or if they just kind of said, you know what? Like, we're tired of being a tag team. We just we just want to do singles run. And if they just kind of, okay, let, let them, you know, go from there. Um you know, but then, I mean, we, you know, from that, unfortunately, came some pretty stupid stuff like mm-hmm. my black son. And <laughs> yep. uh, now this whole um, shorty G thing that's that's going on. Um, I mean, both these talents, Shelton Benjamin um, um, and Chad Gable there, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah. I think I have a pretty good idea of kind of what happened here. It, for, for me, it all boils down to it was another case of these guys should have been staying in NXT, and let me explain why. When you go back, thanks to the WWE Network, uh, I will give them um, props when it is due, uh, you, with the WWE Network can go back and we can watch everything, right? When you go back and you watch these guys as American Alpha in NXT, at full, especially at Full Sail University where they film the, the weekly show, the crowd there loved them, absolutely adored them. You, know, you had that small atmosphere, and they, they were over with that audience, and they handled them the right way there. I think that's the thing is like that their type of actor, type of character, works great for that niche NXT 
environment. But when you blow it up to the big main roster level, it just doesn't translate. Yeah, I mean, very true. Um, I mean, I, I, again, you know, I come back to, I want, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder if it's just differences. Uh, you know, I wonder if it's just maybe like we're done. We just don't want to be tag team anymore. And and especially like you like you're saying there, if it's something that didn't uh, you know compute with the mm-hmm. the people on from the main roster that are watching that show, then you know you kind of do need to change things up. But yeah. I don't know. It's just it's so so hard. <laughs> and like you said, so too, hard to know. <laughs> they didn't do them any favors I, by having Jordan being the black son for white people and for calling him sh- the other guy shorty gable or shorty g that does absolutely zero favors on top of it all so just yeah just i gotta say one of the bigger ball drops from that whole slew of people that came over from nxt over to the main roster uh, they, they, those guys were super over over there and they came over and it just fizzled out uh, it, i would like to say that i'm surprised but i'm not that surprised yeah, I mean, I'm really not that surprised either. Um, does it suck? Yeah, I mean, it, sure it, it definitely does, right? But, I mean, what are we going to do? There isn't very much that we can do about that. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, forever a head-scratcher, and it's at the point where I'm not even sure how we get them back on track with that, unfortunately. Yeah, I have no clue either. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, kind of getting back on track and actually tying into our, our previous topic that uh, you had brought up, and this is something that um, a listener of our show uh, kind of proposed here for Mr. Bray Wyatt. Now, he had uh, told me here, Carl, that uh, the idea is to basically take the the two characters, so you have Bray Wyatt, the, the, the Firefly Funhouse, happy-go-lucky Bray Wyatt, and then you have The Fiend, that the, the suggestion was to, to split up the, the two and have, say, theoretically have The Fiend on Raw and then have Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. Now, I like the idea in concept and on paper, but logistically, it would would be very difficult just for the person, just for him to pull it off as a person, to be going all over the place. Right? Yeah, definitely you would. And, I mean, that's kind of what I mentioned as well, Um, you know. Just I just want to I, I want to shout him out for a minute here. Our uh, our good friend Chris, who is always listening to the podcast, um, you know he and he messages me as well, just like some of the other uh, other listeners do too. Um, and this was something that he had kind of brought up. He's like, you know, like I think it would have been cool had they been able to do that or had they done that. I think so as well. It definitely would have been. Um, but I mean, again it would be logistically kind of hard to do that. I mean, he's going to be flying all over the place and, you know, then trying to, um, you know, keep in character for one show and then go to the next and then keep in character at the next show. And then how do you really, um, do that outside of the shows? How can you, you know, like, it's just so difficult to be able to, to do something like that, especially with a dual personality type of uh, role that's being played. Mm-hmm. I said I love the concept. Just uh, it would be very difficult to execute. Although, in in the big scope of things, I, I do like them possibly having him even in ring as this other character, as just the regular Bray Wyatt character. I think I think that that's something that I think they should have been doing, and I th- I think that they're overexposing this fiend thing a little too much. Yeah. Um... 
I think it's good though. I mean, like I get it. I understand. Yeah. I, but I, honestly, I think it's good. I think it's good that they continue to over exaggerate this character and put it out there a lot more for people. I'm okay with it because yeah. it's it's something that's different. It's something that's not being done right now. And it's it's creating a little bit of a buzz. I mean, we're still talking about it. It's creating enough of a buzz. Yeah, that's true. Now, something else you had mentioned to me in the uh, in the run here, Carl, with the women's division in WWE and how it seemingly seems to just be kind of surrounding the main four. We have Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, and I will agree for the most part that it really does feel like it. It just kind of encompasses those four when you have such a you have so much more depth in that division now than you've ever had before. And it just seems like the rest of them are just kind of just there. Yeah, no, it's very true. And this is something else that uh, Chris and I had talked about um, because we, we are actually like, we both, we both kind of like live Morgan uh, fans of live Morgan. And uh, he was saying that he really wanted to see uh, as was talked about before this whole live Morgan as, you know, like the female portion of Bray Wyatt, right? Like the sister Abigail uh, of Bray Wyatt, right? Which I think could have worked. It w- I think it would have been pretty cool to see that happen. Um, but yeah, like she's seemingly like by the wayside and it's like, what's going on with Liv Morgan, you know? And then like Mandy Rose, what's going on with Mandy Rose and what's going on with Sonya Deville and... You know, like Ember Moon, I know, has been, you know, kind of injured and had some stuff, you know, happening going on there. So she's on recovery and stuff. Right. But yeah. then you have like Sarah Logan and Alexa Bliss and, you know, the Iconics. Uh, we, we've got like all of these other women that are here that are just seemingly floating and doing absolutely nothing when you have everything continuously revolving around these four. And it's not as though it is even just like a recent thing. This is like years yeah. that this has been happening for. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, it's a shame that, uh, and it's not just a women's division thing. We see this with the guys as well, that the powers that be, they have their attention focused on a relatively small group and then everybody else is just kind of in limbo and being shuffled around and stick here and there with no real purpose. It's... Uh, said it before that as much as we I know for, especially for myself as much as I like to kind of hate on WWE about some of the stuff when you look at the actual roster on paper they, they have one of the most diverse talent pools in professional wrestling and they, they, they just they choose to misuse so many of them it, it, it's and you have so many platforms to form on you have, you have NXT you have Smackdown and Raw you have the little sideshows you have the NXTs, you have the, the stuff over in the UK and possibly expanding further. You have so many people to use from and just, it's, and then they go so narrow on, oh, it's always been a head scratcher for me. Always. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely. It has, whether it's on the women's side or the guy's side. Yeah. It's not just isolated to one side. Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it's, it's just, it's a WWE thing. It's something that I think that, Especially with Vince there, I think that's always going to be kind of the way it goes. Unfortunately, I agree. <laughs> now, before we move on to something else, I just I, I want to go back a little bit here for everyone, and um, just to, just I guess to make a little bit of clarification to people, yeah. I do understand that there was a difference between um, 
you know, the the incarnation of um, of Jordan and Gable uh, from Benjamin and Hoss. Yeah, I do understand that. Um, I, I'm just kind of putting out there that like this was was kind of attempted and tried before with Kurt Angle. Yeah. Right. And kind of similar similar thing happened with this. Right. And then they tried to do it again with two different people. And, and seemingly the same thing has kind of happened again. Um, so I do understand that, you know, like it wasn't it wasn't these two that were with Kurt Angle years ago, that it was, you know, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, um, not Jordan and, and Gable. I, I do get that. And I don't want anybody to like hate all over that because <laughs> yeah. I do know I do know that they're that they're not the same people. Um, yeah. But you could almost think of them as the same people because they play yeah. pretty much exactly the same role yeah. and we're seeing exactly the same thing happening that creative did back then and they're doing it again history in wwe history repeats itself quite often and, and that's definitely a perfect example of history definitely repeating itself and yeah arguably the same results Right. So, that's 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 kind of what I was trying to get at is that, yeah. you know, it's kind of it's got the same results. I mean, yeah. in the end, same thing has happened. And uh, is that not the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, but yet expecting different results. That is correct. <laughs> just saying, just saying. I just kind of picked up on that right now. <laughs> so speaking of possible insanity, uh, I don't know if this is a good segue or not, Carl. Uh, the f- focus in AEW of run-ins and tag teams over there. Uh, I definitely see what you're getting at with this because it does seem to be happening a fair amount. It definitely does. I mean, we'll we'll go, we'll start the program off, and immediately there's a run-in before anything happens. Yeah. And then we'll end end the program, and then there's a run-in that's happening at the end of the program. And, you know, matches are being stopped and, and you know, disqualifications because of run-ins. Mm-hmm. And then... And now, don't get me wrong, I do know that AEW wants to put a good focus on tag team wrestling again. Yep. And I understand that, they, you know, they got this tournament that's going on for um, uh, for the tag team championships as well. But correct me if I'm wrong, there were no single matches on AD, AEW Dynamite 2, was there? Um, on the second episode? Second episode. Second episode. I'd have to go back and actually look, because um, I know on week three um, they they definitely had a, definitely had some, but yeah, week two was very very tag team oriented. And, and correct me if I'm wrong too. On episode three, I don't think that they advanced any further in the tag team tournament, right? Um, or did I miss something there? No, wait, wait. I think they did. I think. Okay, yeah. um, maybe maybe I'm confused here. The latest episode. Mm-hmm. The latest episode. Is that two or is that three? Three. Okay. Yeah. So on three, there was this. I, I think this is where I'm. I'm getting this from. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember right, I don't think that they had any tournament matches. On week three. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had SCU versus the best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. It's all just right? kind of blending started together. started it off. <laughs> yep. No, right? you're, you're right. So, yeah, like that That started it off. Yep. Um, and then as well, um, oh, and just so that people know, SCU uh, defeated the best friends. Yeah. Um, and Br- then. Briefly on that, do you think Daniels may have gotten legitimately injured there? 
Or I think that, so. Yeah. It, it looked like a possible stinger or something there. Yep. Yeah. That was a little scary actually. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. I, yeah, I hope so as well. <laughs> um, as well in the championship uh, tournament, we had Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. With the Lucha Brothers going over on that one. Luchasaurus not involved in that. It was Marco and Jungle Boy in that match. That's right. That, that was that was very noticeable. I mean, obviously the, the guy is huge. Uh, supposed uh, injury for him as well. So that's correct. Yeah. So a bit yeah. of a downer for those guys because they they were the crowd loves Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Loves oh, yeah. them. So I guess I guess the only singles match was actually and and because of there being so much tag team and, and all of this going on, yeah. I completely even forgot about it, <laughs> but we had Rio versus uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So that was the only singles match on that entire show that happened. Mm-hmm. So we had, we had one, two, three, four, four different tag team style matches. Mm-hmm. And then the one singles match. Well, we also, we had uh, Darby Allen versus Jericho, the main event. Yeah, but I, I'm not really considering that, like, like that, that's obviously going to be, yeah, you know, like, like a singles match, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's for the championship. I'll begin to that um, match later, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we will be. Yeah. Uh, but what, I, what kind of what I'm talking about is just like the, the rest of the show, like non-championship match, yeah. non-title matches, stuff like that. It all seems to be revolving a lot around tag team. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do you think that this is something that we're just going to be um, seeing right now for a little bit because this championship tournament is going on, and then we're going to see a shift over to maybe a little bit more incorporation of singles matches, or do you think that this might be like a norm? It's an interesting question. We have to keep in mind too that going to this whole thing with the months and months of buildup and talk leading up to this, that uh, Cody did say that they wanted to bring tag team wrestling back to professional wrestling and, and put a focus on it. So I think that it's going to be prominently displayed, but I don't think it's going to be as saturated as it is now because you know, we do have a tournament going on right now, so we need to get these matches in the book here. So I, th- I think that it will still be very prominent. Where we just might not be – it will be peppered uh, – scattered a little bit more and not just bang, 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 constantly. I hope so. Yeah. I really do. And I mean, as as much as I love seeing, you know, all the people involved in these matches, yeah. if I'm just going to be getting tag team, tag team, tag team, tag team all the time, it's honestly going to start to get boring. Yeah. I get to start thinking that they hire Teddy Long at this point. <laughs> We're going to have a tag team <laughs> match, player. Right. Um, so, uh, you know what? I just I think I had a light bulb moment. I think I'd almost like to see kind of Teddy show up there. I think he's uh, kind of for hire lately. So, hey, why not bring him in maybe for a guest spot? Maybe, hey, maybe that upcoming pay-per-view uh, full, uh, full gear, maybe they can use Teddy there. We're going to have ourselves a tag team match. Right? And, I mean, even, you know what? For the finals of this tournament. Yeah, bring him Bring on. him in for the finals of this tournament. <laughs> oh, Right. Everybody knows that it's going to be a tag team match yeah. for the championships, but you just have Teddy Long come out and say, we're going to have ourselves a tag team match player. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, of course, Teddy, we know that, <laughs> but it would get over with the crowd yeah. so much and it would put that focus onto that championship. 
briefly on that, Carl, with uh, with Teddy Long. For those who have been following us for a little while, I know that we did have him on a, a previous episode. This is probably going back two plus years now already, Carl. That I gotta say, one of the coolest, one one of the funnest guys that for myself to get to interact because I, I placed the phone call. And for those who who have forgotten, I'll tell you the story. I, I literally called Teddy Long, not on Skype, not on Facebook, called him on the telephone and an automated message comes on saying, you have reached Teddy Long Enterprises. We'll be right with you, playa. And then not five seconds later, Teddy gets on the phone and says, this is Teddy Long. What can I do for you, playa? You know, so uh, Teddy Long isn't a character. Teddy Long is just Teddy Long. He's like Sergeant Slaughter and some of these guys. They've taken the wrestling persona and they've just become that character. That that they just that, that's what they are. And Teddy is that. Yeah. And at that point, we were we were very very new. And but he still put us over and he still gave us so much credit and whatnot. And uh, fantastic, Teddy. If you, anybody, if you ever have a chance to to meet him or go talk to him, go talk to him. He is incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly entertaining and fun to be around. Yeah, definitely. That was, that was a fun interview to do. And yeah, just that, that interaction at the beginning, just (laughs) totally. And then total class act. Like he, he didn't know us from a hole in the ground and he sat there and I think he did what, like four or five different takes of a promo for us. Um, like it was just fantastic because you know, like everybody, you know, you don't you don't know the 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 people that are doing it, or you don't know the name of the podcast. You you know, just kind of doing the interview, and then they're like, "Hey, can you you want to cut a promo? You want to you know whatever?" And then he's like, "Sure, sure, play it. We can do that." And then you know, <laughs> like it was oh. just it was just so good, and and he was so good with us too that you know he, he's one of the reasons why we wanted to continue on doing these type of interviews because he just made it so fun for us without even knowing us mm-hmm. like like joe said we were very very small still we were a very young company i yeah. guess you could say still <laughs> yeah. but he put us over like we have been on the air for the last 20 years yep. it was amazing yep uh, i'll always remember that and, and like i said before it's just one of the the cool aspects of doing what we do when we do get to sit down with some of these people that you know we've held in high esteem or we've looked up to when we were younger or fans of to get to interact and to, to have a full-on conversation it, it, it's it's a real highlight of what we get to do it definitely is yeah. now something a little bit closer to home that's been kind of going on with people that we actually know carl we have not only a feud brewing here with some guys that we know this is a blood feud brewing with these two guys we definitely do this this should be the final time that we are going to see diego da vinci Mm -hmm. inside of the professional wrestling ring Mm -hmm. diego has wanted to retire out of the business and out of active competition for a long while now he has attempted and tried to on the last three tours that have happened through here with Canadian wrestling's elite. But there was a contract clause that said that he needed to be there for a certain amount of dates with the CWE and he was prepaid for those dates. Mm. So he has one match left. Wow. 
So former tag team partner and family, Vinny Da Vinci says, let it be you and I. And there was a back and forth going on for a while where even fans who want to see this match were going and taking to social media. And we would see Diego post in there, LOL, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. I'm retired. That'd be nice. I'm retired. And he continued to let people know he is retired until Vinny came out. And informed him of the contract clause. So now, ladies and gentlemen, December 1st in Sault Ste. Marie, for Canadian Wrestling's Elite, we will have Vinny Da Vinci versus Diego Da Vinci final match for Diego. Yeah. It, I've been kind of watching this whole thing kind of unfold and they even appeared on, on local television over there in Sault Ste. Marie and had a confrontation there. This is, um, it, it's, it, it's exciting and it's, it's, it's a little extra cool for us because they're, they're guys that we actually know, but the way that they're going about this feud going back and forth, it, it feels very old school and it feels, feels, feels very authentic. And, um, we're just going to leave it at that because we don't want to, peel back the curtain too much because they've done a real good job of not doing that themselves. So yes. we're just going to kind of leave it as it is. I know that you're possibly working at uh, sitting down and talking with Elise Diego. So I'm, I'm yep. fingers crossed that that'll happen. Yep. That's right. People stay tuned because I will be having an interview with Diego at some point here soon. Yep. Uh, we're already into October. Um, and I want to try to get this interview, um, Within the next month, I would say, because I don't want it too far from the event and I don't want it too close to the event either. But I want that definitely we have a chat with Diego. Uh, this will probably just be a uh, one-on-one sit down, Diego Da Vinci, Carl Carafel, as we talk about, reminisce about old days and go into this matchup at CWE in Sault Ste. Marie. Mm-hmm. Now, before we go to our showstopper segment here, Carl, let's talk about our match of the week. Match of the week, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This is this is a fun one for us. It I uh, very much so enjoy doing this, and I know Big Joe does as well. He proposed we do this, and I'm happy that he did. <laughs> yeah. My pick this week might be a little bit different from what people might expect. I was very happy coming from AEW seeing Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers. Hands down, my favorite match that I saw this week. A match, if we're giving it a grade, it was an A match all around. And to see Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, now... I know that there is so much heat going on Marco Stunt right now. Oh, yeah. So much negativity towards the kid because of how small he is. What, uh, seriously, what does that even matter? Yeah. Come on. What does that matter? Yeah. Uh, just, and, and he proved it. Marco Stunt 100% proved in that match that no matter how small you are, you can get into that ring and go with the big guys. Hell, even Jericho put him over. Uh, it was some kind of social media post and said, you know, this guy's the, the real deal. Yep. So 
the price can't come much much higher than that. You know, I, I do also like that in this company we don't have any big, huge, giant type people because you know then you could run into some possible issues when you say if you match up Marco with somebody who's like a giant type of character and you know suspending that kind of disbelief in this kind of a current state it's it's tough so i'm glad that uh he gets to then they use him in the right place too which i think is good yes yeah oh yeah yeah me too so So, joe what's yours my match of the week is also coming from AEW. strangely enough and it's the main event from this most recent episode of AEW dynamite and i'm talking about the match for the AEW World Championship between Mr. Chris Jericho and Darby Allen. This was the real coming out party for Darby Allen. I mean, he's done extremely well up to this point. But not only did he hang in there with Chris Jericho, he stood toe-to-toe with him and went blow for blow and move for move. And oh, it was excellent. I, I, I think anybody who's been kind of questioning or doubting Darby Allen, this shut them up. Because... Dude, he was incredible in there. And if it hasn't shut you up, you need to go back and watch that match again. Incredible. The, the, the guy can take so much punishment. And, he, and it was some of these acrobatic and athletic type moves. He's so smooth, even just even when he runs the ropes. like he, And he's only been at it for a short period of time. That's Yeah. Like just imagine like in another five years or so, like what level he'll be at that then. It's going to be incre- exactly. incredible if he has any longevity in this business it's going to be really impressive to watch uh, him kind of mature as uh, as a wrestler and to see where he can go because i mean the sky is the limit he's absolutely incredible and you could tell jericho was digging being in that match too oh yeah he definitely he was i mean it was it was a textbook back and forth good type of old school looking match with a little bit of new school mixed in there it was it was just super fun and then you know seeing jericho trying to ride the skateboard and you know different stuff like that so they added in a little bit of fun into things as well which was fantastic for them to do and then they take it to you know back into the ring with just solid professional wrestling Uh, i make the statement right now you guys hear it firsthand here from myself on turnbuckle talk people you need to watch darby allen because in the next when we not if we but when we see him in the next five to six years he will be holding world heavyweight championship gold and running companies like it's gonna be phenomenal it will be amazing, people. Keep watching. Keep watching Darby Allen. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here, and we're going to come back with our showstopper segment for this week, and it's going to revolve around an earlier topic in this episode. All I will say is one-offs. We're going to be talking about one-offs. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. This week's episode is brought to you by CollinAndElbowBrand.com. You can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, Dropkick T-shirt. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Carl Carafel, former professional wrestler in the Northern Ontario and Michigan region 
thank you for stopping by and listening to Turn Buckle Talk. We can be found on social media at TV Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are happy to be part of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as the Roar Network, as presented by TheGorillaPosition.com. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at our favorite segment of the week. We are at our show stopper segment. Yeah. All right, Carl, like I mentioned before the break here, our show stopper segment kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with Mr. Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. And this revolves around one-offs, like these appearances from celebrities and athletes from other sports and whatnot. And whether this is a good thing, big picture for the role of professional wrestling, I'll go with my take on this first. And I can say that it does have a place in professional wrestling. It's been a very positive at some points throughout history. At at the beginning with the the first WrestleManias with Cyndi Lauper and whatnot, um, that helped bring like a mainstream kind of recognition to what was kind of going on. During the Attitude Era, we had guys like Mike Tyson show up and do really, really well there. And now we have some of these guys coming in just seemingly for kind of cash grabs, getting in and out. And most recently with this Tyson Fury for $15 million, I think that that particular case is definitely a bad thing. But there have been a lot of really good ones too at the same time. You're right. There have been. There have been good ones and there have been bad ones, definitely. I think what it all boils down to is how much mainstream media does this person that you're bringing in have Mm -hmm. and what is that mainstream going to get you as a company um honestly this uh tyson fury guy i've no clue who he is i've never seen him before i've i don't watch boxing very often um so i mean for me I have no clue who this guy is. So it does absolutely nothing. Whereas, you know, like some of our friends over, over across the pond there, mm-hmm. um, you had put out a post about, about this, uh, or something you were tagged in something about, about, uh, Tyson Fury yeah. and, uh, an old friend of ours, Ellie actually <laughs> had, you know, talked about it and said, Oh, the guys, you know, the guy's a very, uh, I'm going to use PG terms here. He's a very arrogant person mm-hmm. and she's not a fan of his, uh, but she knew who he was, but she's like, you know, I, I don't even like him. Like he's, he's very arrogant. He's very brash. He's very up on himself. Um, you know, and, and she even, you know, is kind of like, I don't think that that's good for the, for, for business. Um, so you know, it makes me wonder how many other people, you know, kind of see that side that Ellie sees um, and then, yeah. you know, have made a determination that I'm not going to watch it because of this now. Right. For sure. I, I think where this can be really successful when you bring in somebody like this, if, if it, yeah, if it draws that initial 
uh, new viewer, like say when you when they brought in like say like Floyd Mayweather or something like that, yeah, you get that great initial interest. And then got the key, the real key thing there then is once that person leaves, does this new fan continue stay and continue to watch? That's where I, I think the, the big difference can kind of be. With with this Tyson Fury guy, I mean, for for those who know who he is, they might get that initial interest there, but they're going to be gone after he leaves. So yeah. there's no staying power there whatsoever. If you want to go this route with somebody like that, I would have gone maybe with like a Conor McGregor or something. You know, you get somebody that's got that same kind of kind of attitude and and whatnot, but has way more cross appeal, and that fan might actually stay and watch the professional wrestling while they're at it. So yeah. This particular- yeah, it's, it's 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 tart because you have to have that name that's going to be a name that is known worldwide. Bingo, yeah, right. And I mean, you had a Mike Tyson that yeah. did stuff mm-hmm. worldwide. worldwide. Everybody knew Floyd Money Mayweather. Yep. People knew that name worldwide, right? So you you start bringing in, and and those are just like two boxers. Yep. Right. You you bring in you want to bring in a boxer. Well, they're gonna have to be somebody that's known worldwide, somebody that's got this world notability to them, as opposed to somebody like like this, like Tyson Fury, who I I I knew nothing about, and and from from you know from your your respect as well, you knew nothing about this guy at all, right? He he could have just sat there in the audience, and they could have you know panned by him twenty thousand times during a during a show. I would have never known who that was. Yeah, I, I mean, in an outside of athletes, some actors that they brought in, probably I think probably one of the more significant ones would be Arnold Schwarzenegger because he has crossover appeal over into sports as well with the bodybuilding one, and he's even expressed that. <coughs> excuse me, that he in another life would have probably gotten into professional wrestling. And I totally could have seen that, you know, along with the, like the Bruno San Martino is one who he was particularly a fan of, by the way, uh, somebody like that works perfectly, but with somebody like this Tyson Fury, just, it does absolutely nothing for me. And even you had mentioned boxing, like when you just look at sports kind of in general right now, as a whole, boxing isn't a sport that stands out because, all of these big name stars, like like your Mike Tyson's, like your Vander Holyfield's, like your Muhammad Ali's and Joe Frazier's. I know that's going back a little ways, but there's no real big standout personalities in that sport. If you were going to bring in somebody from that sport, you would have had to bring somebody that really kind of stands out, and there just really isn't in that sport right now. I guess um, <coughs> Mayweather, maybe certain to a certain extent, maybe you could have brought him back again. Even that might have been a better move, quite honestly. But it's just a sport that there isn't just a whole lot of interest around. It's very true. And I mean, I guess right now, anyways, um, that name and that person, Tyson Fury, I guess, mm-hmm. is that big notable name in the world of boxing right now. Um, but again, like you've just got that one person. Yeah. Right. And and they're not even that big of a no. draw or a name. Right. And I guess, you know, what he does, because uh, I've done I've done a little bit of, you know, back looking on this person. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, pretty much what he does is is almost professional wrestling esque. 
right? He'll come out there with the uh, flamboyant uh, jackets and, and you know, yeah. being the bigger-than-life personality and stuff like that uh, going to the boxing ring. Um, but then he gets in there, and then it's just he's a boxer, yep. right? So, I mean, it's all just just play. It's all just show, you know, leading up to and getting into that uh, boxing ring. And then he's just a boxer after that. <laughs> They're not the the first uh, sport to steal some stuff from professional wrestling. MMA has done it. Uh, other sports have kind of stolen some of the aspects and some of the pageantry of professional wrestling. So, Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a tough thing with these kind of one-offs. That, that They can be really good in some respects, and sometimes they can be a real hindrance not only to professional wrestling, but the other sport or whatever that the other person is representing, it can be kind of a, almost perceived as kind of a, kind of a bad or a negative thing too, or for them kind of taking a step backwards from what they're doing, which then in turn can kind of put a negative light back onto professional wrestling too. So it's something that I think you need to tread really carefully when it comes to these kind of situations. It definitely is. Now, on your end, the mm-hmm. listener's end, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your take on having these celebrities and other sports stars coming into the professional wrestling business for one-offs. Go and give us your thoughts on our, all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at TB Talk Pod. That is TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please. Go and give us your thoughts. In addition to that, before we go here, Carl, since we're still on this, what would you say would have been your your best or what you thought was your favorite kind of one-off approach, whether it have been from a, another athlete, from another sport or a celebrity that you've seen? Who, who was your favorite? Um, Mike Tyson, I would have to say. Um, he, he's one of the ones that, you know, was always that, you know, larger-than-life type of personality as well. And then just – you know, the, the heyday of professional wrestling was the attitude era. And then coming into all of this with, you know, with DX and, you know, with all of this happening and then him, you know, taking off that one shirt and showing the DX logo and, you know, just the, all the hype that went in behind that. And it wasn't as though that this was even just a one off. This was spread out over like a couple of months time. And it was something that was really, really thought out and really built upon. So on my end, I'm going to have to say Mike Tyson. Give us your thoughts. Well, that was going to be my first choice too, but I'll let you have that one and I'll go with my runner up because, uh, <laughs> okay. cause I, I definitely uh, felt the same way. I will say that uh, then my favorite will be, this is probably seemingly a left field for some people. Mr. T. Yeah. He, they brought him in. He wasn't the best wrestler in the world, but he just, I guess just the, the way that personalities went, especially with, going alongside with my favorite guy of all time, Mr. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. He really brought out that that, that character in him. Yeah, they, they didn't like each other, but damn, they were entertaining to watch together. Pure and simple. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he did a lot of stuff with Hogan, which, as you are all aware, I had mixed feelings on. But hey, he was successful. He actually got in the ring and worked a little bit. He got the, this, the response that everybody was looking for. His Hall of Fame speech was unique. Um, if you yeah. really want to go check that out and subject yourself to it, by all means, have at it. Uh, you might want to gouge out your your ears with a, the light socket uh, by the end of it. But, uh, you know, we all love our moms. We all love our moms. That's right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> 
All right, Carl. Um, I don't think that there's a whole lot else to talk about. I, I, one thing that uh, is kind of notable, it wasn't on a run that as to the best of my knowledge, I believe tonight, um, impact is doing a pretty big show and there's the possibility of Tessa Blanchard winning that, uh, impact world championship that I would actually like to see. So we'll see how that uh, kind of unfolds with that. And I think that's yeah. the only kind of other notable thing to kind of bring up that we didn't initially mention here. Well, I mean, just a little bit of breaking news uh, that's happening here. We, we've been talking about these one-offs and these, uh, you know, other stars coming into the business. Um, Kane Velasquez. Yes. Uh, actually, it has been announced his next matchup after uh, being part of uh, Crown Jewel here. Um his next matchup will be in Mexico huh. as the WWE will be going and taking uh, stars from uh, raw and SmackDown Makes going sense. to Mexico. And he will be in a tag team match player yeah. with Rey Mysterio. Makes sense. Um, the opponents right now um, are not announced, but WWE.com actually had put out there uh, when Rey Mysterio returns to uh, action in Mexico on November 30th. He'll be alongside uh, Cain Velasquez. Um, the contest take place one month after Cain Velasquez battles Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at Crown Jewel. So looks like we might be getting a little bit more of Cain Velasquez in the WWE after this. So... Looks as though this might not just be a one-off mm-hmm. for Cain Velasquez, but a continuation of employment. Well, it makes sense. Mexico is a big professional wrestling market for those who aren't aware. And I'd be really curious to know if they have any kind of dealings or any kind of agreement or, or relationships with AAA because there could be some interesting crossovers there that are a little taboo uh, given the current situations there. So, yeah, I'd be curious to see what they do over there in Mexico. And, and I, I think one of the other notable things to uh, to talk about before we do leave that I didn't have on the run, uh, the most recent episode of NWA Power uh, happened as well. We saw some interesting debuts. We saw Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Um, whatever he's Anderson. called. Anderson, yes, thank you. And... Somebody that I had almost kind of Anderson, <laughs> and somebody that I had almost kind of forgotten about Murdoch from some kind of the early two thousands there in WWE out of nowhere. Uh, I didn't even realize he was still in the business. So that, that was an, another great episode from them. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's free. Go check it on YouTube. Fantastic again. Yeah, definitely it is. You people need to check out NWA Power. Um, solid stuff coming out again this week, and I'm uh, very much so looking forward to Tuesday when we get the next one coming out. Uh, they usually six oh five is usually when they when they uh, put the the show actually starts, but they're on a little bit before that, doing just like a countdown almost. Nothing happens. They just got some music playing, and they got a countdown timer going on the screen, taking you right into NWA power. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing to see some of these uh, other notable names, we could say, yep. from the world of professional wrestling, making an impact in NWA power. Yes, absolutely. All right, Carl, that about wraps up for this week. So we'll uh, see you on the next one. Ciao. 
Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joe and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.